Yo, what's going on, ATL gang? It's your boy Tuan here. We are one week into the NBA regular season, and so much has happened so far. Um, you know, on this pod, we want to give our thoughts on some of the more impressive teams that have come out the gate flying, uh, some of the, the disappointing teams that, you know, haven't really gotten their shit together yet. Uh, we talk about some of the players that we are really impressed with, some players that haven't really gone out of the summer fatigue. Um, and then we also discussed the top 75 list that was presented by the NBA uh, this past week, which stirred up a lot of debate, uh, stirred up a lot of emotions from you know players and fans alike. So stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Peace. Welcome back to another episode of the ATL Podcast. Uh, we're one week into the NBA regular season, and we're here to give our very early and premature reactions to what's been going on around the league so far. And of course, joining me on this beautiful Wednesday morning is my brother, Nav. So what's going on, baby? Tuan, what's going on, my man? Good morning. It's probably one of the earliest pods we've ever done. Yeah, fucking nine o'clock in the morning, brother, like on my day off too. Nah. Nah. No, it's uh, it's good. I'm glad we can get this done with. Feel productive to start the morning, and uh, yeah, man, I really wouldn't have have been any other way. What uh, you got the day off today? Uh, man, I'm 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 gonna be unemployed for the next two weeks just because of the transition. So, just you know, uh, boxing up all all of our stuff in the condo and just slowly, slowly, um, yeah, just packing our lives away so we can uh, we can move out to LA. Crazy man. Crazy I times. I know, oh, man, appreciate yeah. you. Uh, appreciate you jumping on this call. Great time of the year, man. A lot of sports right now. It's pretty cool being able to sit on the couch, watch the NBA, watch a little bit of the NHL. All our uh, all our Leaf buddies are losing their hair right now. Um, you got Succession. You got Kirby Enthusiasm. It's a good time of the year. Not to mention football. The, the only thing I'm the, the only thing I'm pissed off is that it somehow in Canada. It switches from like summer to fall slash winter within like a day. So it just gets like so fucking cold. Uh, and I'm so I'm, that's the one thing I'm not going to miss, obviously, about about the weather here. Uh, but I did want to quickly mention, you know, I just want to say, you know, thanks for thanks for hosting me and the boys on, on the weekend. Um, you know, now I've put together a little surprise thing for me. Um, and, you know, we, we had a little dinner, went back to his place and he had a huge spread and everything. So I appreciate that brother. You know, I, um, very nice to be able to do that and kind of have a, a little send off that uh, I really appreciate. No, it was a great night, vintage night. And, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had it any other way. For sure. For sure. All right. So let, let's get into it, man. Um, you know, I want to, we want to kind of do these pods a little quicker, a little faster, you know, let, let you guys digest a little more instead of having these longer pods. So, Let's try to keep this 40, 45 minutes, you know, let's, let's see how, how, how we can do that. So yeah, let's get into it. So the NBA season one week in so far, um, a lot of games, some teams have played four games, some teams have played three or two, whatever. And, um, you know, we just want to talk about some of the teams that have impressed you, some of the disappointing teams so far, any players that have really um, came out of the gates flying high, any players that, you know, are feeling the, the summer fatigue. So yeah, give me your thoughts. What are what what's a team that has impressed you so far? You know, maybe record-wise or just 
how they've done, you know, um, what their playing style or, you know, you're, you're seeing a player kind of emerge, like what's, what, what's a team that's really impressed you so far um, one week into the season? Well, spoiler alert for our listeners, this is still a, uh, a reaction pod, you know, like early reaction pod. We're going to be eating our words maybe two, three months down, uh, down the season. But uh, so I got three, but I'll start off with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and you got to remember last year, this time around, uh, Cleveland was like third in the East. And I, I still remember we were talking about Cleveland and how they could be legit, Colin Sexton's all, all this. But uh, you got to give it up for Charlotte. You got to give credit where it's due. Uh, they're playing without Terry Rozier right now, and they're playing at such a high clip. Lonzo Ball and Miles Bridges have, in four games, some serious chemistry. And Gordon Hayward looks healthy. He's facilitating. He's doing a little bit on offense. He's doing a little bit on defense. Definitely looking like he deserves that contract that we were all flabbergasted by last season. So, yeah, you just got to give it up for Charlotte. They love to run. They're young. They got a lot of energy. And they're going to be a nightmare for a lot of these teams that are trying to play chess during the regular season resting their players. Um, they're definitely just going to run the ball down your throat. So they're fun to watch. Um, ticket prices for Charlotte's, that's going to be really high. But yeah, you got to give it up to them. Yeah, uh, I, I had Charlotte as my my the, my number one team under the the most impressive team so far, even though they, they have that one loss. And that one loss, I believe, was to Boston in that crazy overtime game. But it's, it's kind of fucking crazy how... Like when you think about it, when we started last year's pod and we talking about LaMelo and, you know, how um, we weren't certain if he could, you know, be a contributor. And it seems like just like that, now the Charlotte Hornets are in the conversation as an up, up and coming team because they've been able to find and draft this, this young man who not only plays a very exciting style of basketball, but he is a contributor and he's a team player and he does things on the on the court that you know vets um of 10 15 years aren't able to do and um it's just crazy that one young player can change the whole trajectory of of a franchise and you can see like players around him love playing with him like miles bridges is playing some of the best basketball of his career i believe he's averaging like 24 25 points per game right now which is player of the week yeah pretty wild for for a guy that was very one-dimensional one of which is a very athletic um, a small forward who, you know, doesn't really have a strong shot, but he's just being put in the right places. LaMelo is such a good playmaker, contributor, so such an unselfish player. And um, I was having a conversation with Taylor, um, like just through text. And he's like, man, that guy is such a goofy player. Um, just the way he shoots, he's kind of off balance, but he just, he gets it done. And it's, it's funny to watch because he's so exciting. But yeah, Charlotte is my team as well. I think they're probably the best number one league pass team right now, just with their style of play, the young guys they got. Um, and um, I don't know the, the name of the announcer, the color commentator that, that they have, but he adds definitely uh, that, that spicy, uh, spicy aspect to that team. And you know, he, he's a perfect fit for them. He's so, so excited all the time whenever there's a dunk, whenever there's a, a Lamelo play. So um, I think a mix of, you know, player and commentary is a, is a good thing for Charlotte. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great times in Charlotte right now. And I like when Charlotte's good because that means you get a little bit more MJ. Uh, but, yeah, Miles Bridges, player of the week with Steph Curry. So, yeah, good things going on in Charlotte right now. 
So my my team, my second team on there, um, and I feel like it's a pretty obvious one, but it is the Chicago Bulls. I've, I've been pro Chicago since since uh, they made all those you know wild moves in the offseason, signing Demar, getting uh, Lamelo's brother Zoe. So uh, yeah, they're four zero, and you know we we just want to kind of be cautious of kind of how they got to that record. Like they're, they're, they've been up on the Pistons who don't have Kate Cunningham twice. So they've been them twice. They've been the Pelicans who don't have Zion and they, they recently beat the Raptors um, at Scotiabank uh, without Siakam. All right. So four, no great record, uh, but they've been beating on a shitty team. So um, a stat that I heard during the, the, the game um, or the Raptors game was that their next 12 games are against, teams that made the playoffs next year or last year. So I believe um, like they're playing the 76ers, the Warriors, Jazz, um, like uh, yeah, a bunch of really, really good teams. So we'll see probably within two, three weeks what, you know, their their their, their team will actually really look like. You know, 4-0 is definitely a great start. I believe it's the first time since they, they last won the championship that they went 4-0. So um the, the one player that has really intrigued me so far is again another ball brother. Zoe is uh, Alonzo has played with so much composure, uh, even during the game with the, against the Raptors. His three point shot looks great. I know he's been shooting at the thirty eight percent clip for the last two seasons, but I think he might be able to to actually beat that mark this year. And he just plays again. They're very similar um, players in the in the sense where now they both can be you know deep threats but they also get their uh, teammates involved. You know, we saw DeMar do what DeMar does, close out games, um, really just killed the Raptors in, in, in the late of the fourth there when uh, the team was struggling to, to get any buckets. And, you know, Zach Levine's going to still develop and kind of try to find his way uh, around playing with um, these all-stars that, that they've acquired in the last season in a bit. So Chicago Bulls are my, are my uh, second team on that list. Uh, did, did you have them on on yours as well? Or if you didn't, what, what was the team that you had on the second or third spot there? Well, I had three teams. They were in no particular order, but uh, the way I wrote it down, Chicago is actually second on my list. And uh, you, said a, you said a lot about uh, why, why you had them at number two, and I have to agree with all of it. But uh, yeah, so I won't go into too much detail, but I've said it a couple of times, you know, the city of Chicago needed this. And it's really funny to see like, they already have these like mini parades after games. They're already talking about banners. The excitement's there. And it, it, it's the first time they've been 4-0 since Michael Jordan was on the team. So it's been about 20 years. So just like Charlotte, it's good to see some buzz in Chicago. You're right. They do have some tough matchups going forward. I think offensively, they're going to be okay. They're already demonstrating that uh, they can score the ball at a high clip. They're giving up leads. They gave up a huge lead against the Raptors, a 20-point lead. Um, so defensively, you know, they still have, they still have things that they got to figure out, but we expected that. Right. So, um, you know, I don't expect them to hold on that undefeated record for much longer, but I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of these games versus plus 500 teams or, you know, former, former playoff teams. Yeah, it's definitely a good start for, for a team that was basically reconstructed this off season, you know, adding, adding, uh, Bonzo and Demar, who are very ball dominant players, so um, I, I thought it would be a little slower off the uh, out the gate for them. 
just because you know we're questioning if Levine is able to you know uh, be a part of a team when he's been the ball handler and the the playmaker uh, you know ever since he's been with the T Wolves ever since he started with the Bulls so he's trying to find his way how Vucevic is you know going to get touches when he's that big guy who really isn't a defensive stopper he's you know definitely a more of a offensive player who's gonna thrive around the rim so just you know just trying to figure out how that works and how these players are able to eat when uh when when they need to get some buckets going so well i think um, that's all gonna that's all gonna come to that's all gonna fall on lonzo ball and he's already doing an awesome job facilitating for those scores uh damar levine vucevic they need a lot of touches they're used to a lot of touches and i think the great equalizer there and who helps balance that chemistry is going to be Lonzo Ball. The one telling thing that I've noticed with him is defenders aren't going under screens anymore when when he's playing pick and roll. Um, he's shooting he's shooting the three ball at forty four percent right now. I know it's only four games, but the fact that he's being assertive, um, he's taking those shots. Defenders have to respect him, and that's something that uh, we haven't seen with Lonzo Ball in the last few years. The one thing that raises my eyebrows is like what the fuck was new orleans thinking trading him away um you know there's trouble in paradise over there it was well documented that zion and lonzo had a really good relationship and then they just got they just got rid of him and um boss i mean chicago got a chicago got a fantastic point guard in that deal and oh, uh i mean yeah i mean lonzo ball is looking like the lonzo ball that we always expected him to be the Jason can, kid. Yeah. Can you believe that he's only, he's only 24 years old? I think he turned 24 today. I, I think I saw something like yesterday or today. So he's, he's been, you know, in this, in the spotlight with the Lakers for, you know, his first two years in the league. Um, the year with the Pelicans. Yeah. I don't know what the Pelicans are doing. Like he is the perfect player to put next to Zion. So I, I, I don't think that he was a or they didn't give him an offer um, or they didn't want to give him like the max offer or like a huge offer like he got with uh, the Bulls. So they, they lost him basically to uh, to Chicago, which is crazy. And yeah, definitely the Bulls have such a good players who's kind of entering his prime for the next four or five years and they have him locked in. So they have their future point guard already. And, you know, look, things are looking really good for them. At the moment, but yeah, I don't know what the fuck the Pelicans are doing. Um, David Griff- Griffin, I believe, uh, he's he's a GM right now, and you know they 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 well, fired yeah, Stanley and Gundy. Go yeah, let's let's not go on about them. But um, uh, who was I, I? Don't have another team, but you know what was the other team that you had as your most impressive uh, team on the list? We don't have to uh, drill into it, but I just wanted to kind of know who who that team was. Oh, we got to drill into it. It's the Golden State Warriors, and I I know <laughs> last season last season we did not do enough. Uh, Golden State Warriors hype. I know you like them. I like them. We didn't. We didn't give them enough love, um, and rightfully so. But it's nice to see them play with some identity this year. You know, last year they had a really successful second half of the season, but Steph was going off. You know, he had to drop thirty to forty points a night in order for them to stay competitive, in order for them to stay relevant. And we were unsure how guys like Damian Lee, Jordan Poole, um, Nemanja Bjelica. Uh, Auto Auto Porter Jr. We were unsure, you know, how they were going to fit and contribute with this team. And Golden State, they're four and zero. If Charlotte's four and zero, and we gave them all that, uh, we gave them all that love. We got to give Golden State some love as well because they're they've they've played some harder teams. And 
Uh, Steph is doing a little bit of this. He's doing a little bit of that. Um, this form of Steph, where he can facilitate and also drop 20 to 30 points a night, is going to deserve MVP consideration as well. And it's really sick that they have a blueprint, that they have an identity, because what that means is if Clay comes back 80%, 85%, um, and hopefully, you know, higher 90, 95%, then they can just plug them in. And um, guys like Iguodala producing, Draymond Green's doing what he does best, facilitating. The, the Warriors are clicking, and I'm thinking about the Western Conference right now, and there's so many teams right now that don't have it figured out. And when you watch Golden State play, they have it figured out. You know, they're not, they're, they're not playing without identity. They're not, they're not do, doing anything that's sort of surprising. They're doing what they do, and they're doing it well. So um, I'm just, I'm excited for them for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, they're definitely off to a very hot start. Um, we saw Steph drop 25 in the first quarter against uh, the Clippers there. And yesterday I was watching a bit of the game where they were down like 12 at half against um, the Thunder. And yeah, they just, they just, you know, obviously they know how to win. They know what to do, especially against a, a younger team um saw Otto Porter play really well yesterday actually in the in the second half uh he, he was a big reason why they came back from that deficit and again they've they've been I believe the Lakers um the Clippers like I mentioned and then I believe it was the Kings so not 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 a bad uh uh record against those those uh four teams of course the Kings and Thunders aren't anything to write home about but you know be able to beat um Paul George be able to beat uh, LeBron and AD. Uh, definitely impressive start for them so far. And yeah, I like where they're going. You know, they still don't have Clay. They still don't have Wiseman. Uh, I believe Kaminga's been hurt. So that, that that could be three starters for them right there um, that they're missing. And, you know, they're getting, again, you know, like you said, they're getting great production from Jordan Peele. Uh, Toscano Anderson's playing well. And um, yeah, man, I think they're they'll, they'll be right in there. If they could get all their players back, if they're healthy, um, they are definitely a threat to be not only a top three team in the West, but they would definitely make some noise in the in the in the playoffs. Again, that's all pending on health and you know avoiding injury with with some of their key guys. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how they do. And um, yeah, great list so far for for uh, those three teams that have done a, such a good job uh, to start the season. I think the last oh. thing I want to say about Golden State, though, is the the concern that I think most people had with them was they drafted young. People thought that they were going to trade a lot of those draft picks for some veteran experience. Um, but even players like Draymond Green kind of publicly said, like, you know, they're unsure where this team's going to go because, you know, are we going to groom the young the young bucks um, or are we going to play the vets? And what Steve Kerr's done so far is the young guys like Wiseman and they're not playing much. You know, right now they're playing a much older lineup. So I think guys like Kaminga and Moody, like they're going to have to earn their minutes, um, which is which bodes well for the team, because I don't think they're going to have so many growing pains throughout the regular season. Yeah, they, they're they're probably the team that's probably in the best position um, roster wise and like current and future wise, where they have, you know, the assets to move forward, but then they still have a very competitive team. So, you know, tough decisions for for their GM to make and. Um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what they what, what they do in the the regular season. So now on the flip side, uh, disappointing team. 
Uh, do you have one or two teams that um, you want to bring up? Uh, I, I can start here um, just because you, you named the Golden State Warriors there. Uh, so my team, uh, just just south of where uh, the Golden State Warriors play, uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Even though they're two and two, you know they beat um, who did they beat yes yesterday in OT San Antonio. Yeah, they beat San Antonio in OT yesterday without Coach LeBron. So um, you know they they came out they 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 lost to the Warriors. Uh, first game of the season, and I believe they lost to who was the the second team they lost to there. But yeah, they have oh the Suns. They lost to the Suns. They got beat down by the Suns. I was watching that game, and it was it was over at in the end of the third. I, I actually left and stopped watching the game because of how shitty they played. So yeah, they they're two and two now, and I believe they beat up on the Grizzlies when John Moran had that wild game and that those crazy highlights. So two and two for. A team that's again, you know, a lot of new pieces. Uh, the probably one of the the biggest acquisitions, uh, either you know, good or bad, uh, is Russell Westbrook. Again, a guy that we we've known to love and hate at times, appreciate and kind of just you know vomit sometimes when we watch him play. But a guy that needs the balls and ball in his hands, a guy that's a turnover machine, but also a great facilitator, and he can be hot, he can be streaky. And he has played, you know, probably as poorly as you can really expect from him so far. Um, and they're still, still, trying, still trying to integrate the other pieces. So that they're the, you know, my most disappointing team so far, even though they're a little older, I thought, you know, having LeBron, having AD, they can kind of get off to a hot start, just kind of beat up on, on some of these teams. But that's not looking that way. And even the wins against, you know, the Grizzlies and the Spurs, um, haven't looked the best. So, you know, there's definitely some, I don't know. I, I'm just not that impressed with that team so far. They're, they're just, they're playing very slow. They're not playing team basketball right now. And of course they have a bunch of the season to, to go. So I, I think they'll be fine. Uh, but just out of the gate, I just don't like what I'm seeing from the Lakers so far. Um, do you, do you have them as one of those teams or what, what's, what's your team that you, that, that you had as a disappointing team there? Well, I had them as honorable mention only because if you look from a transactional standpoint, the Lakers probably did the biggest shakeup in the entire NBA in terms of the amount of different bodies they now have on their team, but just the gravity of, of the trades that they made, like bringing in Westbrook and what that does for chemistry and what you have to figure out LeBron's been in this situation before where he plays with new teammates and, and, you know, the first few months of the season are figuring out chemistry. Um, so I'm not ready to write them off yet. You know, I put a lot of the blame on Vogel. Like you can't be playing Rondo, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard and Westbrook um, at the same time, you know, because what that does is that clogs up the clogs up the rim clubs, clogs up the paint. And LeBron needs to play with spacers, and so does Westbrook, right? Westbrook loves to attack. LeBron loves to attack or pass. So I think they just have so much to figure out. And at least they, at least they played the Suns. At least they played the Warriors. Um, at least they played the Spurs. Like, I know the Spurs aren't too good, but anytime you play them, it's going to be competitive. So, yeah, I know they're two and two, but I think they, they have so much to figure out. And I, I just think they're going to figure it out. Um, at some point, 
So I'm not ready to write them off yet. But yeah, I mean, like you said, everything you said about Westbrook, I have to agree with. It's always painful watching that guy play, even when he had 38 points last night, two assists shy of a triple double. It's it's painful. But, uh, you know, I'm confident that they're going to figure it out. Um, I think those guys, they take the game pretty seriously. They play pretty hard. And um, as much as I hate to say it, I think in a couple months, they're going to be in great form. Um, the two the two teams that I thought were least impressive, and again, I don't expect it to happen for too long, but I think the, the common theme between both teams is they have uh, pretty dodgy point guards, and that's the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are also two and two with losses to Milwaukee, Charlotte, and uh, not very convincing wins against the Wizards and the Sixers. And I just thought that um, I thought they'd be in better form entering the regular season. I think some of the rule changes have affected James Harden, but I thought that he would just be a more dominating presence uh, in the first four or five games of the season. Kevin Durant's doing what Kevin Durant always does. I think he's playing fantastic, but um, I remember I was watching the regular, the first, the first season, sorry, I was watching the season opener with Dan and you looked at, you looked at the Bucks and they look stacked. Blake Griffin, um, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, you know, they were just huge winners of, of the buyout market. But uh, at the same time, you don't realize how thin they are. They actually are as well. And I think they're going to miss a guy like Landry Shamit in the regular season to help them, you know, get over some of those regular season humps. And uh, yeah, you can't deny that they definitely miss Kyrie Irving. So I just thought, you know, entering the first four or five games of the season, I thought that James Harden would be doing a little bit more for them, but they're kind of in a preseason form. They have a lot to figure out. Yeah, I agree with uh, the, the James Harden thing. It's uh, definitely the, uh, the, the rule change will affect him the most. He's the, the biggest culprit of the, of all. I think he's the uh, you know the catalyst for for the for that actual rule change. And I know he's like not scoring very well. He's, he's shooting po- very poorly. I believe he's shooting under forty percent to start the year. His three point shot hasn't um, he hasn't found his rhythm on that shot yet. And I think he's like seventeen seven and eight or something like that with with his stat line. So um, hasn't definitely been playing up to um, the level that you would expect. For him to play, especially with Kyrie out, um, yeah, man, those those two guys are going to definitely hurt uh, their 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 team, their perspective or the respective team's chances of winning a, a championship. Um, probably the two two or two, yeah, two out of the top three or four teams in the East that actually have a chance of making a finals, and they're missing, you know, that 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 third or second piece that. Um, that, that they usually or that they're very familiar with uh so far so yeah it's kind of i don't think the nets are in as much trouble as the 76ers um because i think james harden can you know facilitate he can really take over that Kyrie role not only in scoring not only in playmaking but just you know yeah just facilitating and just yeah being that primary ball handler whereas i don't think you can really find um a replacement for ben simmons uh, not only on the defensive end, but also as a playmaker. Obviously, he doesn't spread the floor. So I think they're trying to see what uh, Tyrese Maxey is able to do. And I know Seth Curry's off to a pretty hot start to the season as well. So I think their games will expand. But without having 
Ben Simmons there or having a replacement to to you know take the load off of uh, Joel Embiid. I I think the 76ers are definitely in in a tougher spot than um, the Nets are currently. Yeah, I mean it always concerns me though when you got you got James Harden and uh, Nick Nicholas Claxton just you know running that pick and roll uh, for a lot of that game. Like they they it's kind of crazy to say, but without if they don't have Kyrie, then they they need they need a better big um, if they're not going to have Kyrie because if they're going to rely on that pick and roll like guys like Blake Griffin, uh, Paul Millsap, uh, Claxton, like they just I I just don't think they're going to cut it long term. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And uh, I agree on that too, that the, like Nick Claxton's a pretty good young player, but he just doesn't have um, that that experience where that you expect or that, that you would even want um, when you get into to the playoffs. So I'm sure again, now not having Kyrie, I'm not sure kind of what, or what, you know, benefits that they're going to get from the NBA in terms of like any salary implications there, but probably not just because he's, he's doing this on his personal choice. Uh, so we'll see what they what moves they can make uh, during the season if they if they do make any. Uh, I'm sure they're riddled with uh, a bunch of salary cap issues right now. So well, uh, I think too, like you gotta you gotta think you're probably kicking yourself. Had you known Kyrie was gonna behave like this, like would you do the Jared Allen deal? Yeah, they gave away Jared Allen for free, but again, he was he's gonna make a hundred million dollars. So I doubt they are even able to resign him there. Uh, they, they could, but then they'd also be over the, the salary cap by quite a bit and they'd be in a luxury tax. So um, not, not a smart business move, but um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. All right, let's quickly just uh, name uh, a player or two that has impressed you the most through these four games. Um, it could be, you know, a player on one of the teams that you mentioned earlier. It can be another random player that just has, you know, playing really, really well. And then, you know, give me a, a player that's hasn't met, ex- met expectations, a player that's disappointed you a little bit coming out of the gates um, so far. So maybe I can start here. Um, and the one player that I've been really impressed with um, is Anthony Edwards, you know, an Adidas guy, a, a second year player, you know, he, he's playing with Cat and uh, D'Angelo Russell right now, and you know they're they're trying to build something out there, um, especially with um, Finch as their coach, former Raptor assistant, trying to build that culture out there. Uh, you know, right now the Timberwolves uh, two and one, and Anthony Edwards definitely a more charismatic, more energetic. He, he, he like his personality reminds me kind of like what we what we're seeing with like Scotty Barnes, like very. Um, energetic, just just a lot of energy and just, you know, just trying to bring that little spark to a team that's been, you know, uh, a bottom feeder for so long. And, you know, he, he's definitely a super exciting player to watch, super athlete. Um, he's been averaging 25, 8, and 4 so far. So that's really good start for, for him. He had a really bad first half of his rookie season last year, just, you know, jacking up shots, taking, you know, the, the shots with his toes on the line, just not playing well, chucking because, you know, he cat was out for a while uh, last year. Same was same as Delo. So um, he didn't have much structure in his game. And then once I believe they, they hired Finch, he played a lot better in the second half of the season. I believe he 
uh, I forget what his numbers were, but he was just much more efficient. His numbers went up and, you know, he definitely played with um, um, just, just with that, with that edge, which you expect from a number one drafted player. Um, so he's definitely taken that, you know, continued uh, the success from last year. And um, yeah, I really like what I see from him. Not sure how far they can go in the West, but if he's able to continue to progress, continue to improve, um, I, I think we're going to see a lot from him and Cat for the uh, for the upcoming season. Yeah, no, well said. Um, just to keep things moving, like I'll just list off. We already talked about them in in, in some detail. So, I'd say my most impressive player right now would be Lonzo Ball. Um, just with just with how he's uh, just with how he's handling things in Charlotte and just you know steering that ship. And then least favorite or uh, least impressive at the moment. We talked about it just due to some rule changes. Um, just doesn't have the same command that he usually does and the same presence uh, that he does on the floor in terms of just controlling games, James Harden. Yeah, the, the, that, that makes sense. My, my disappointing player, and it, it kind of continues from last, um, last year, no, not last year's, but this year's Olympics in Tokyo. And we saw Damian Lillard kind of struggle mightily. He was probably one of the worst players that got some minutes on that USA basketball team. And so far this year, he's look looks like he's kind of still struggling finding a shot. You know, he's shooting eight percent right now, eight percent from the three, which is insane for Dane, right? So obviously he's gonna find find his rhythm again. I, I I don't have any you know doubts on that, but he is off to a very slow start. Portland again has a new coach in Chauncey Billups, and they're just trying to find their groove. I know there's you know trade talks about McCollum for. Ben Simmons and even Dame had to come out publicly and say, Hey, I'm, I don't want to leave Portland. So um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a player on my list there. Just not, not kind of playing up to the level that we expect from him. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Anything on Dame at all before we, uh, we move on to uh, the next topic there? I think he'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Let's quickly just, I want to get your thoughts. You know, the, the NBA came out with um, their top 70 pot, 75 player league uh, or in the league uh, for their 75th year anniversary. So, you know, there's obviously so much discussion recently of players who have been snubbed, players that, you know, should be on that list, players who shouldn't be on that list. Um, just want to quickly get your thoughts on, um, you know, who's on there, someone that may be omitted and, uh, just, just anything that you, you have in terms of reactions to that top 75 list. Well, I think releasing the top 75 was, was a big win for the NBA because, um, it's gotten so much media attention. So it was actually pretty cool. I really liked that they did this because uh, it's keeping them relevant and it's keeping them as a topic of conversation on all media outlets at the moment. Uh, it's tough though, because, you know, we're relatively young NBA fans so, you know, there are eras that we just weren't a part of, right? So eras without the three-point line, um, you know, eras where small ball wasn't a thing and, and skill levels were just a lot different. So to chime in on, you know, the, the presence or the lack of presence of certain players in eras that we weren't a part of, it, it's tough to do. But what, all we can do is sort of speak on the players that are relevant to us. And so... The one thing that kind of confused me is that, you know, anytime you have a basketball debate, regardless of where you are, 
whether you're in a barbershop, whether you're watching it on first take, um, championships always come up in the conversation. And it's always the Achilles heel as to why a player should or should not be on the list. But for some reason, you know, in this particular uh, list of 75 players, that doesn't seem to be the case. And to see guys like, and I know Anthony Davis won it, but, you know, he's in his, I don't even know what year he's in, but he's not, he's, he's pretty relatively new to the NBA. And a guy like Dame Lillard, who has still so much to prove and has really won nothing, um, to see them on the list over, you know, some other players like Dwight Howard, for example, um, he's an NBA champion, an eight-time All-Star, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, an eight-time All-Star, or sorry, eight-time All-NBA, and a five-time All-Def- an All-Defensive Player. Um, to see a guy like that not in the not in the top seventy-five is pretty outrageous. Or a guy like Clay Thompson, three-time NBA champion, five-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, and one-time All-Defense. I mean, that's a, you know, even though Clay Thompson's pretty, um, you know, pretty young himself, you know, that's quite the resume. So it was just kind of confusing seeing a guy like Anthony Davis uh, and a guy like Dame Lillard on the list. But, you know, you can even make a make an argument for a lot of other players, Manny Ginobili, Tracy McGrady. Um, so, yeah, that, that kind of that kind of confused me a bit. Um, it, it's it's yeah, no, everything you said is kind of a spot on there. Uh so how voting went was they they you know they chose like a mixed bag of media former players um yeah it, it wasn't just like a, a media vote this year it was actually like all around like they they took um votes from from basically everyone that that's involved with the league that that obviously isn't currently playing um and, t- and to your point even though as much as i love dame um you know as as a player and as a, an advocate for for the Adidas brand, definitely the probably the biggest shocker that he's on that list. Uh, a guy that again has scored but hasn't you know really done much. You know they they've been to the conference finals um, again with with Dwight Howard. How does he not make the team? A guy that's a four time Defensive Player of the Year, eight time All NBA first team I believe, or at least All NBA. Um, so he has. It's it's funny because if, what what if. Dwight just retired after his tenure with Orlando Magic and he didn't go to Washington, he didn't go to Charlotte, he didn't go to Lakers, he didn't go to all these other teams. He would probably make the team if he didn't have, you know, this kind of rougher tail end of his career, even though he won a championship. He won a championship in the last like six or with the Lakers. And um, it's crazy to think that he wasn't a part of that list. I think his, his reputation as a player and um, kind of the backlash that he's gotten uh, from jumping all these teams and kind of being a, a bad example um, definitely hurt him quite a bit. And then, yeah, just having Tony Parker manage Ginobili not even being uh, seeing on that list is, is a bit surprising too. Um, I thought T Mac would definitely have made it, even be, even Vince Carter. Again, you're never you're never gonna have the perfect list. This is all very you know opinion based in terms of what we can provide in terms of, cause again, there's going to be a bunch of guys that we've never seen play before and sure they deserve to be on the list, but you can't tell me those guys are better than T-Mac or Vince Carter. But again, that's, yeah, you, it's all, yeah, it's all, all era uh, related and, you know, you got to take it for what it is. These guys that kind of, uh, you know, built the game and were trailblazers and um, that's how it is. So 
Um, yeah, my biggest thing is, yeah, I don't know how Dwight Howard didn't make it and how the hell did Damian Lillard and AD make, make the team uh, when we got so many other great players that uh, missed out. Yeah, in terms of impact, like, you know, between Ginobili, Tracy McGrady, and Vince Carter. Vince Carter, actually, you know, when you look at his resume, uh, it's probably the least appealing. You know, he just has like about eight to 10 all-star appearances. He's been all NBA a couple of times. And I think his other accolade would be like rookie of the year. Um, but uh, a guy like Manny Ginobili, you know, he's a four-time NBA champion. He kind of made coming off the bench a sexy thing and was sort of the, is the king of the six-man award, even though you could argue Lou Williams. But um, Ginobili, Ginobili really did make that thing cool, and he did it in a really impactful, impactful way first. Um, to, so to see a guy like him um, not make it, even, even what he represents in terms of uh, the NBA internationally, and, you know, he's sort of an early product of, uh, of international success. So, yeah, I mean... Ginobili should have been on that list. Yeah, yeah. Tony Parker should be on the list too. Like I just, like I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to think here. Like what, what were the voters um, basing their their vote on? Like with well, someone like Reggie Miller. Again, he is such a, uh, you know, a huge figure within the NBA and you know his series with the Knicks and whatnot. But he doesn't have great accolades. I think he's like a five time All Star, and his team never went to the finals. Um, so why is Reggie Miller on the list is because of historical context. Then we can, you know, debate, you know, how, again, like Ginobili has made such an international, uh, impact on the game. Even Vince Carter, you know, bringing, um, you know, that, that, that another aspect of just being a, a, an athlete, a dunker into, into the game too. So, um, yeah, again, that's the, the, the voting has commenced and, uh, that 75 players have, been named so um uh, we, we can debate this all all, all year but um well, the last yeah, thing i want just... to say sorry the last thing i wanted to say um sorry to cut you off is like think about it from a business development standpoint right like so much of the nba's focus um is the younger generation and keeping them entertained keeping them engaged um uh, changing the product so that the 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 younger generation is is uh you know falls in love with the sport so what would the 75 list do if it was all old heads to the younger generation, right? Yeah, like they true. probably would be like, who are these people? Like, even like, who is Tracy McGrady? Who is Vince? Like a lot of yeah. these players that we grew up um, admiring are actually irrelevant to the younger population, right? So I think you got to sprinkle in a little bit of Dame, a little bit of AD. Um, yeah, so that's just a thought. Yeah, yeah, no, the fair point, fair point. All right, well, um, if you have nothing else, Nav, uh, well, we can wrap it up. You know, I think we kept it under 40 or around 40 minutes, which is, you know, a, a thing we're kind of continuing to strive for. So again, Ben, I appreciate you waking up early. I know you got to work in like 20 minutes. So um, thanks for jumping on. Uh, probably the next podcast we'll do is I'll be in, I'll be in LA. So we'll, we'll start that and continue to build on uh, these episodes. You know, the season is going to continue to be such a, a fun ride. So let's, let's keep going. And uh, again, appreciate you jumping on so early. All right, man. Yeah, it was great connecting with you this morning. Last thing I want to say is free Malachi Flynn. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll chat soon. Free Malachi Flynn. All right, all right. We'll see. I don't know. He, I, I haven't seen him all all season, so I don't know what what, what how he got into the doghouse. But well, we'll see. He's a good player. Maybe you know, it's because he, he averaged thirteen points a game during the preseason, and the Raptors can't score. <laughs>
<laughs> all right not, not sure why you're such a big fan but all right we'll uh <laughs> we'll rip, wrap it on that but uh thanks again bro we'll, we'll, catch, we'll catch you later all right all right man take care